Welcome to the Pokescast. I'm Ryan Thorburn, the Wyoming beat writer for the Star Tribune. Follow my coverage at trib.com. Follow me on Twitter at at by underscore Ryan Thorburn. Really excited for this podcast because there's a lot of football to talk about. And, uh, you know, it's obviously signing day. We're getting close to spring football. The portal is currently closed. So I figured I'd bring in Cody Tucker from 7220 Sports. Cody, uh, first of all, thanks for coming on. Uh, second of all, did you accept Craig Bowles' invitation to be the new offensive coordinator at Wyoming? <laughs> uh, I appreciate you having me on, Ryan, as always. Um, boy, would I love that. Just to call one play would be just fine with me. We'll we'll maybe drag a wide receiver over the middle and uh, see if we can get some uh, – get some stuff going in that regard because that hasn't happened in a long long time but uh, i thought it was pretty funny how he how he answered that and it's funny right i mean you and i've both done it it's you got to think of new ways to even ask the same question over and over again and that's what it is will this team ever find some balance and ever find any kind of success in the passing game which we know will open up the running game even more so uh to me i think you got to be really excited about this wyoming football program aside from that it's always the it's always the gorilla in the room yeah, it's the number one issue. It's the number one reason fans get irritated with Craig Bull is the lack of a explosive passing game or even a consistent passing game, even an average passing game. And you, you know, asked, you know, Craig, you've added, we'll talk about the recruiting class here, but, you know, they've added some speed at wide receiver and you asked, okay, you have some speed now. Uh, are you going to air it out a little bit? And he, you know, jokingly said, why don't you just call the plays, Cody? So, uh, that said, even though he was joking with you and even though you've asked it a million times and I've asked it a hundred thousand times, <laughs> maybe that's why he's a little more irritated with you. But um, he did say, we are going to pass the ball more next year. We're going to go vertical next year. We'll have to wait for the Texas Tech game to see if that's true or false. But uh, let's let's start with the wide receiver situation. You know, they add two transfers uh out of the portal you know uh you know devin Bodie from i think it's Bodie or body uh, from vandy mm-hmm. uh asante kind of a surprise from holy cross these guys have put up stats at different levels of college football and i think they're going to have an impact or at least an opportunity to to change the dynamic in the passing game this year I agree, and I really like Asante after looking into him yesterday. Uh, I'm kind of shocked. Some of the most hardcore Wyoming fans, when I wrote that story yesterday, are saying 1,700 yards in four years isn't that impressive. And I said, you're a Wyoming fan, and you're telling me that? Uh, Not to mention one of those years, the COVID year, he played in one game and still caught five balls in that one game. But, uh, you know, if if he reached his average that he had been, you know, accumulating over the years, uh, he would be like the eighth leading wide receiver in Wyoming history if he had those numbers in Laramie. So I think he's a really, really nice pickup. Um, a kid who came in as a true freshman and racked up 701 yards and caught six touchdown passes. So, and he's going to have to contribute right immediately. I mean, he's the, he's a senior. He's got one year left. He's a grad transfer. So, um, I'm excited for him. And then, you know, you don't, I know Vanderbilt is definitely, uh, we know why they're in the SEC. They really helped that GPA, but you still can't be a slouch and go to Nashville and play college football. The kid's got speed. He was looked at by a bunch of big programs. He took visits to really big programs like Alabama and Ole Miss and stuff like that. But um, 
I'm excited for those guys. I really am. But when you look at the numbers, Ryan, which I did, which I have a lot in the last couple of days, they're they're staggering how bad this passing game is and how much it regressed even more last year. There's only six teams behind the Cowboys in that category, and four of them are New Mexico, Navy, Army, Air Force. We know what those offenses do, so they got to figure it out. They really do. And and the fact, I, I don't know how you feel about this, Ryan, but I believe the offensive line gave up 13 sacks last year in 13 games, something like that. Uh, you know, yeah, Peasley was on the move a little bit, but that's his strength. And uh, he had plenty of time, and just guys are not getting separation at all. And some people out there think Joshua Cobbs is a huge loss. Uh, you know, obviously he left in the portal and is now at the University of Houston, but he would disappear for a month at a time. And that's a guy who had 35 catches for 407 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Asante had better numbers than that. I know it was at Holy Cross, but he didn't even have one of his better years, and he had better numbers than that. So it just needs to get better. And honestly, we've talked about it, Ryan, off the air, but maybe this is something where they have not proven they can really develop wide receivers. Uh, Isaiah Nair was that freak kind of guy that just kind of landed in their lap. Maybe you go to the portal to get these guys from now on. Maybe Wyoming staff really says, hey, you know what? We don't have time to develop these dudes. And we're obviously whatever we're doing is not working that well. So maybe they go get some proven guys like this. I really like it. I like the move. Am I buying that they're going to throw the ball a bunch? I <laughs> No. I mean, how can you? But if they look like they did on those first two drives in Tucson, that's all you're asking for. And they didn't do anything crazy on that drive. All he did was complete six or seven balls within, what, seven yards? Uh, so good. And they moved right down the field. And then I have no idea why that was abandoned. Yeah. To your point, uh, it's amazing the difference between this time right now compared to last year. I saw Mike Grant at the Fresno State basketball game on Tuesday night and he was in a great mood. Uh, and he yeah. didn't he didn't tip his hand and say, oh, by the way, we're going to get another guy from Holy Cross or anything like that. But he was in a great mood. Uh, they're excited about Bodie, obviously. And what, I mean, they like Wyatt Wheeland. He's a good football player. Bighorn yep. is a good football player. Alex Brown is a talented football player. Maybe bringing these guys in to add a different element and also challenge these other guys a little bit. Uh, maybe that gets more out of the position group as a whole. And let's face it, Wyoming only starts two wide receivers in, in their offense. I mean, it's not like they're four or five wide. So you really need two or three guys to separate and and come up with roles. I think Kayla Merritt could be have a role on this team. Jalen Sargent, we hope, could have a role on this team. So yep. uh, to your point, I mean, Joshua Cobb's leaving. He's a great kid. He has a great story, a heartfelt story, you know, with his dad dying and everything. As soon as he got here, Craig Bull said he loved him last year. But it's not a big loss production-wise, and he wasn't developing the way they needed him to. Isaiah Nayor, speaking of Mike Grant, when I talked to him a year ago, he was crushed about the portal, specifically Nayor. But I think they understand now that a guy like Nayor, unless you're going to start pitching and catching, isn't going to stick around. So uh, they've adjusted well at receiver, and they've, uh, you know, adjusted well at running back. I think – out of all the guys they signed, and we'll talk talk about a lot of them, Harrison Whaley is still the number one guy, I think, this offseason. The running back for Northern Illinois, he'll replace Titus Swin. Uh, DeWyan McNeely, if he's healthy, will be a stud. And then you hope DQ James uh, and others can get healthy and contribute. But 
You know, they, they had used the portal to address wide receiver and running back. I think that's a smart move. I think those two positions and cornerback are the three where you go to the portal. Absolutely. I think Harrison Whaley is going to be the absolute star of this class early on, impactful right away. And I talked to a coach yesterday who actually said, hey, I heard what you said to Craig Bull about the offense and stuff. He goes, here's my idea. Uh, give the ball to Harrison Whaley 25 times a game. The guy is that talented. And, you know, you're talking about the wide receivers, and you're absolutely right. Wheland and Pellisier and Brown and all those guys, they're serviceable. They're good players. But are any of them a home run threat? And imagine if you throw just one home run threat out there, how much that could open up. And imagine if both of those transfers at the wide receiver spot are home run, or, you know, home run capable type of guys, then the defense is just going to be forced to respect them. And if they don't, you got to hit them. And uh, you and I have talked about it a hundred times. I mean, imagine how much different this season could have gone if Jalen Clemens connects with Joshua Cobbs right off the bat against Boise State. He missed him by a foot. He hits him. He's gone down the sideline. It's probably a whole new ball game. But I think you're absolutely right about Harrison Whaley. He is an absolute stud. We saw it first and foremost in DeKalb. I, I believe you and I even sat next to each other and looked at each other and said, uh, Wyoming's losing this game. <laughs> How did this happen? You and I were almost done with our stories already because it was that much of a blowout. And we're like, they're losing. And that was a lot to do with Harrison Whaley. Yeah, Chad Moom had a pick six, and they're up like, what, 28 or more in the third quarter, and then all yeah. of a sudden they're losing late in the game. Uh, a one-shining moment yeah. for Sean Chambers and the offense to go down and win it, uh, at least. Yeah. Um, you know, are there any guys, you know, they signed so many new guys. What struck me the most about it, um, it was the walk-on situation. Uh, they treated yeah. the walk-ons, I wrote about it in today's, uh, Star Tribune. They treated the walk-ons like five-star recruits. You can't tell on social media they whether they're a scholarship or walk-on. They get the same photo shoots as the scholarship players. And you know, with all the NCAA rule changes, obviously they they're treated like scholarship players in terms of uh, you know eating with the team. And and I believe Bowles' track record on this, and I believe Gordy Gordy Haug, the recruiting director, when he said these guys are here with a chip on their shoulder to push guys. And uh, I think that's, that's huge for Wyoming in February to, to make a big deal of these preferred walk-ons and really solidify a lot of spots on the roster with guys who really want to be here worse than anything in the world. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And, and in talking to a coach uh, recently, he did tell me too, that they do have some scholarships still up for grabs. So, you know, you got guys who are going to be battling it out too, as far as internally, uh, trying to get better. And, you know, that old cliche, iron sharpens iron. I think that's going to be huge. And I don't think you can undersell it too but too much, uh, Ryan, having five Wyoming kids too, local kids that you know damn well want to play for this team, want to have that bucking horse on their helmet. I mean, they already have a chip. They're born with a chip on their shoulder, just like you and me. You know, we're both born in the state. And you're born with a chip on your shoulder. And now you have that too, to add to it. And you, you're putting on that uniform. I think that only good things have come from that. And I know we talk about them often, but Jordan Bertinelli is just an absolute perfect example of a Wyoming kid who came in here and proved it. And now he's arguably the second best defensive tackle in the mountain West, right behind his teammate, Cole Goodbow. So I loved it. I love how Craig Bull said that's how they're going to supplement their, their roster a little bit as they, you know, they're in the early stages still in navigating how to do this transfer portal thing. You know, they Craig Bull makes no bones about it. They did have a mass exodus last year. That's not just fan speak. That's also Craig Bull knows it. So 
I thought they won the offseason myself. I thought they did a really good job navigating these waters. I didn't think, you know, if they, when it comes to the losses in the portal, Olawasi Omotosho had some real promise. Cam Stone had his moments. Uh, Josh Cobbs had his moments. But for the most part, they, they won this offseason hand over fist, in my opinion. And I love the preferred walk-ons. I love that ship. I think you're just going to have a bunch of hungry dudes. And Craig Bull said it yesterday, Ryan. Uh, he hasn't been this excited maybe ever to uh, go into a spring practice. And I completely agree with him. I do, too. Uh, I, I hate to get everyone's hopes up again, like we will by writing spring football stories and then fall camp stories. But, uh, you know, the Mount, there was a, a website that covers the Mountain West that did a Mountain West winners and losers in the portal. And they had Wyoming as a loser like a week or so no. ago. And I was just no. blown away by that. You, you lose nine guys total. I think the average in the Mountain West has got to be around 14, maybe even higher. Unless you jack that number up. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even at Air Force has mass exoduses. It's the n- nature of the beast now, especially when Power 5 teams are offering the best group of five players NIL deals. Uh, Wyoming, as you mentioned. Yeah, we heard that yesterday. They lose two starters. One, Joshua Cobbs, who was having an average season, a below average season for a number one wide receiver, who disappeared, yeah. to your point, for a stretch, key stretch of games. Uh, Cam Stone, a developing cornerback who we both really liked, fast but small. And this was his first year starting. Craig Bull raved about him all year. He enters the portal, probably thinks he's gone to uh, USC or somewhere, ends up at Hawaii. I mean, other than uh, Waikiki Beach, that's that's a major downgrade in my opinion. Uh, And then, you know, Omotosho also still developing. And when you look at Devon Harris and Siders and Harsh and the list goes on, I am not sure he would have played as many snaps next year as he did this year. So, Good for him. He's going to Oregon State. That's a solid Pac-12 program. But the rest of the guys, beyond Keontae Glinton, who announced he's going to New Mexico State, which is uh, really a wasteland for college football, I, don't, I haven't seen any of the other guys, including Joey Brosh, who could have started in a bowl game, signed anywhere. So yeah, sure. Wyoming was a winner in the portal, whether you want to admit that or not, whether you, you're studying it or not. And that doesn't mean next year they won't get hit hard, but – their adjustment from 21 to 22 was uh, significant. Something I want to reinstate to the fans here, Ryan, you brought it up a minute ago that uh, Craig Bull was more emotional this year than he ever was. And after Tulsa, he said he went up and hugged Joshua Cobbs and told him he loved him. Um, So at the end of the year, when a few of these guys start entering the portal, you start seeing that narrative reappear that, you know, Craig Bull doesn't get it. Craig Bull is still that old school jerk and driving guys away. Who did he talk up more this year than a motor show? He talked about a motor show coming up to him during a game and telling him, Hey, my finger hurts. I think I'm going to need to take a couple days off of practice. And he laughed about it. And he talked about cam stone. Like you said, he talked about him glowingly. And then the thing he said about Cobbs, have you ever seen Craig bowl with tears in his eyes saying he told another man he loved him? Hell no. He did that with these guys and they all still left. So I think it's really, first of all, I think Craig had a better relationship with guys than he ever has since he's been at Wyoming, for one. And for two, it shows right there that guys are just going to leave. I mean, they're going to leave for whatever reason they're going to leave. And I thought Craig 
tooted those guys' horns more than anybody this year, aside outside of Andrew Peasley. So it it just kind of goes to show that no matter what, guys are just going to leave. And Craig Bull is he's making no bones about it now. He knows that, and he's saying. Hey, you know, like you just said, there could be a mass exodus next year. Who knows? That's just now the new the new norm. And I thought the Cowboys did such a great job this offseason. And whoever that Mountain West Network is, they obviously just looked at numbers and they obviously looked at last year's numbers and said, oh, man, Wyoming's just getting poached again. They didn't get poached at all. No, they did not. And, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but some of those guys that left were thinking about themselves more than than the team they're thinking about nil they're thinking about going up a level and i don't blame their brand kids for trying to do that but i would say that uh jay savell and craig bull and tim polisek are are pleased with the guys who didn't enter the portal and that's probably uh i don't think you'll hear any of those names uh mentioned again uh besides when we do it um you know, speaking of camps, well, we brought up Isaiah. Na- well, I was going to say we brought up Isaiah Nair's name a bunch this year because he is that special. Yeah, I think you're right. We're never going to mention any of those guys' names ever again. But uh, I wanted to mention one more guy from from the class who's also a transfer, a junior college transfer, uh, Tyrekus Davis. I mean, Craig Bull thinks this guy not only fills in for Cam Stone, but maybe is an upgrade, maybe is a shutdown corner. And when you look at what's coming back on defense, I mean, this is going to be a nasty, nasty defense if Cole Goodbow is right. No, there, there's really not a weakness if Tyreekus Davis is what he said, what Craig Bull says he is. I mean, he used the word lockdown. You don't, you don't hear Craig Bull say that very often. And I really thought Ja'Cory Hawkins made really good progress late in the year last year. Uh, and so did Deron Harrell. I thought he had a, you know, he obviously had a huge interception against CSU. And I didn't think they were really the weak link toward the end of the year. But at the beginning of the year, holy smokes. And and, and that had some to do with, like you said, Cam Stone. He was a first-year starter. And he did not tackle well, uh, to say the least. He saved the day against Tulsa. But he also got burned on the play, if you recall. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah, so that is the weak link. There's no doubt about it is the cornerback room. And I think that man with Sebastian Harsh coming back and the damage those defensive tackles can do. And Braden Siders is just nasty. Uh, I absolutely love that kid. They're nasty. The linebackers are good. If Shea Suyanoa can, uh, can shore up his tackling, uh, they really like Isaac White on the back end. I thought Wyatt Eckler took a gigantic step this year and not to mention, I mean, toward the end of the year, I don't know if most fans realize this, Ben Florentine and Ethan Drews were playing the defensive tackle spots because of injury. So that defensive tackle spot is maybe six deep. And the Cowboys in the early signing period picked up, what, three more defensive tackles? And these are guys who are already damn near 300 pounds. So Coach talks about it all the time that, you know, when you play on the lines, you don't have as good of a chance of playing early on as a true freshman. But one of those steps, one of those hurdles to get over is your body. And the guys they got out of Texas at the defensive tackle spot, who were handpicked by Oscar Giles, by the way, the defensive tackles coach, uh, you have to think they're going to be ready to roll too. And it's not going to be long before you see an absolute um, deal at the defensive tackle spot where they're just moving in and out and revolving door there in the best way possible, where guys are getting a blow and guys are staying fresh and they they should really be good on the line. I am so excited about Wyoming's defensive line this year, and I haven't been able to say that in a lot of years, even as a fan growing up. I mean, it's been since probably 1998 
I was able to say that I was really excited about Wyoming's defensive front. Yeah, if I told you Gavin Meyer and Caleb Robinson were Wyoming's starting interior defensive linemen, you'd be like, solid, that's great. But they're not. They're the backup. Yeah. They are backing up Cole Goodbow and Jordan yeah. Brunoli, who are the best tandem in the Mountain West. And then, as you mentioned, they have a three deep there and all these new guys coming in. Uh, you know, Jaden Williams, a true freshman last year, looks yeah. like a stud as he develops. Um, I would say Goodbow, Bertinoli, Devon Harris, Easton Gibbs, right up the middle of the defense right there. I think you're talking about four all Mountain West players. They love Buck Coors. They love totally Isaac White. They love Wyatt Wheeland. Like you said, if if Tyreekus Davis, love Malik Singleton. yeah, if, if if Tyreek Davis can lock it down, uh, look out. Uh, you know they're going to need some DBs for Texas Tech for sure, and that'll be a good barometer for them. But uh, uh, you know, again, I don't want to get people too excited, but this defense, uh, Jay Savell's got it going on right now. Yeah, they're going to keep the Cowboys in a ton of games. If the offense struggles like we've seen, they're going to keep them in so many games because they're just going to be salty as hell. And and when you tell me how – when you start bringing up how good they are up the middle, all you got to look at is the tape from Air Force the last two years. I mean, nobody has done that to the Air Force Falcons. And those were younger Cole Goodbow and younger Jordan – walk-on Jordan Bertinoli. Uh, they're just if if Air Force can't get it going in the middle, they're they're in big trouble, and we've seen it two years in a row. That loss, the last game at the academy, certainly wasn't the defense's fault. No, absolutely not. Um, what about the offense? Obviously, uh, the offensive line is going to be solid. Uh, you know, I wouldn't uh, think anybody that they recruited this cycle will help out. But what about Deshaun Woods? I mean, it's been a year now since they made a huge splash got Deshaun Woods, the highest ranked recruit in the modern era of Whammy football. Uh, you know, if you can plug him in, I'm not saying he could plug in for a Boj at left tackle. Maybe he can. He's that talented. Um, but if he can plug in anywhere on this offensive line with the guys they have coming back, uh, solid there. We've talked about, you know, Whaley. We've, we've talked about the receivers being upgraded. The tight end room, despite losing Marcotte and Parker Christensen, is still – you know, a strength, I would say. Um, it all comes back full circle, Cody, to your question. I mean, can the passing game get it going? It's going to be Andrew Peasley. I'd like to see him put his arm around uh, the kid from South Lake Carroll and make sure they have a dude for 24. Mm-hmm. But it's it's Andrew Peasley and, and his progression this year, isn't it? It really is. And Andrew Peasley, make no mistake, unless something crazy happens, he is the quarterback going into 2023. These these coaches absolutely love that kid. He's a great leader by all accounts. But, you know, we saw with our own eyes, man, he made way too many mistakes late in the year. And when the Cowboys were winning and they were rolling there a little bit, his number, his stat line was nine touchdowns, three interceptions. And, you know, the things that don't show up on the stat sheet as well are, you know, how many pick sixes were dropped. He threw some right in the breadbasket of guys that should have been going the other way, and they just didn't, luckily, for the Cowboys. But uh, he has to get better. And he mentioned that. Craig Bull mentioned it before the bowl game, that that was the first conversation he had before bowl practice started is he went up to Andrew Beasley and said, hey, you need to be you need to be better. And uh, Andrew wasn't better in, uh, in Tucson. And that was against one of the worst statistical passing defenses in the country. He has to be better. And I think something we're going to see this year, Ryan, that we didn't see in 2022 
they're going to have to take the choke chain off of him. He's going to have to run the football. That's one of his strengths, scrambling around, getting out. To me, that was the only highlight at that game in Champaign at, at the season opener, man. He would pull some of those RPOs, and he'd be flying down the sideline. Uh, we saw him gut San Jose State for a 60-plus yard run. That's a big part of his repertoire, and and Bull made he, – he didn't uh, deny it. They kept him from running the football this year. Um, so he, they need to let the reins off him, let him just go play football. And he's obviously not that comfortable of a pocket passer and hell, he's only what, six, one, six, two. I mean, maybe he can't even see over those guys. He needs to, he needs to get out there and just play some sandlot football in a lot of ways, in my opinion. And I think if you have wide receivers who can take the top off a of defense, that's only going to help trade and Welch. Uh, I think Colin O'Brien and John Michael Gillenborg, I think they showed, uh, they showed that they have some, some juice there at the tight end spot. So. Could it be? Yeah, I think the Cowboys' offense could be absolutely better than serviceable, and with that defense, they could really make some make some noise. But unfortunately, you know, it's one of those you got to see it to believe it. Yeah, I mean, they did take Andrew out of the portal last year. Obviously, uh, it was a position of need with with Chambers and Levi transferring out. Um, but this is a developmental program, and the most famous developmental player in Wyoming history is Josh Allen. Uh, they really need, yep. I think, this spring, I think they need to, you know, not just have Peasley work on his game, but they need to have an all-out battle for the number two spot uh, between Clemens and Svoboda and Caden Becker and even the true freshman if he's healthy enough. And they need to find mm-hmm. a number two, to your point, where if uh, Andrew's turned loose and gets dinged up running the ball where the next guy just goes in, and there's not a drop-off. I think that's huge, not only just to set up 24, but to allow Andrew to play the style that that he should be playing. And I kind of wonder, obviously, he got smashed in the head on that late hit at Colorado State, clearly a concussion situation. I wonder if he wasn't dealing with other things as well throughout the season because, to your point, he was never the same after about halfway through the season uh, as he was yeah. early on. And, and I, I don't think he became worse as a – you know, reading defenses or anything like that, I think he was probably dinged up. Yeah, and I, I remember specifically asking Craig Bull that question and kind of giving him an out there. You know, I said, has he been more banged up than you've let on? And he basically just went to the concussion thing. But we saw after BYU, he had a noticeable limp. Uh, I think after San Jose State, he got beat up pretty good. I think he got dumped and had to miss a couple of plays against San Jose State uh, when he got dumped on a on a hit after the pass. But uh, something I'm curious, uh, your thoughts on, Ryan, um, can the Cowboys go into the 2023 campaign with six quarterbacks on scholarship? No, I don't think so. I think uh, I think I think something's got to give there. The transfer window opens up again briefly after spring practice in May. And, you know, I'm used to covering Oregon where, you know, quarterbacks come and go. They get four star guys, even a occasional five-star guy and then Justin Herbert wins the job and they're all gone. I mean, that's, I'm surprised they didn't have any guys, you know, transfer out again. They're really rolling the dice because if you haven't won the job at Wyoming and you're kind of stuck at Wyoming, like what can you do at a, at a different school? Um, But yeah, yeah, I would think guys will either be changing positions or, uh, or hitting the portal at quarterback. I think if you have three in the mix, that's, 
that's plenty. Um, and then your redshirting one, I think yeah. four is fine. You want guys to get more reps in practice, not less reps. So, uh, you know, I, I would be surprised if uh, if all those guys are on the roster in the fall. And I would love to see it. I don't think it's going to happen because we even heard Tom Berman give a shout out to Andrew Peasley uh, during our bowl press conferences. Uh, I mean, they love Andrew and there's a lot to love about Andrew, but I would love if they legitimately opened up the competition 100%. And maybe they'll tell us that they're going to do that, but I I highly doubt it. But I would love to see it and just say, go battle. We saw what Jaden Clemens did. He climbed that ladder last offseason like nobody else on this team, aside from maybe the defensive ends who shocked us all. Uh, we didn't know uh, when we went into Illinois. We didn't know that he was the backup quarterback. We were just like the fans. We had no idea. Uh, you know, obviously Peasley was the worst kept secret in the world, but, but as far as the backup, that was a huge question. And we asked bowl about it and he was still was playing coy with us and wouldn't tell us. And we kind of went off during watching warmups in champagne and said, is Jaden Clemens the backup quarterback? So he made that climb. So I think you should open that bad boy up. Anderson should be cleared by, by the time, uh, fall camp rolls around at the very least. So uh, he's a guy you probably redshirt, but like you said, to your point, I'd like to see Andrew Peasley take him under his wing for sure. And really, I think it's going to pay major dividends that Anderson's already on campus. He's already learning all the things mentally, uh, learning the playbook, learning his teammates, learning all the stuff, how to survive in Wyoming, how to be a college kid, all that kind of stuff. I think that's going to pay off huge that he's already on campus, despite the fact he can't really do much right now. Yeah. One of the, Greatest roller coaster rides I've ever seen, and I've been covering sports a long time, is Jaden Clemens looking like the guy at Colorado State. Accuracy, running the ball, throwing yeah. a dime to beat the border war rival. The next week can't complete a pass, three interceptions, including just yeah. one of the most dagger interceptions you'll ever see in football against Boise State with a chance to beat Boise State. Do you think, Jaden, I mean, we saw tears of gratitude and pride one week, tears of absolute agony the next. Can he recover and be the guy in 24, do you think? You know, I really wish that the Craig Bowl and, and company did put him in the game for some Wildcat stuff in, in Tucson. I really wish they would have let him throw the ball and at least get one. I don't care if it's a two-yard dump pass to Caleb Driscoll, get him a throw. Um, I don't know. I mean, he's, you know, I I, I, I want to say yes, absolutely, because of what he's done in his career. I mean, he was he threw for a million yards in high school and didn't get a look. Utah says, go ahead and walk on. You can play safety. He's like, I know I'm a quarterback. And he took another chance on himself and came to Wyoming, climbed the depth chart. So I certainly wouldn't bet against Jaden Clemens, but – Man, that was rough. And I want to I want to give a shout out to Clemens too because he certainly didn't need to talk to the media after that Boise State game. And I would bet dollars to donuts they didn't want him to speak after that game because they wanted to protect him. He came out and he took the bullets and he he shed tears and nobody felt worse than Jaden Clemens did. But I give him so much credit for doing that. Yeah. By the way, I mean he'll learn from it, but JL Skinner is one of the top safety prospects in the draft, and that's the guy he's yeah. targeting. Uh, yeah, yeah, that was that. Yeah, that's that a, that's going to be a tough loss for Wyoming to get over. I think they'll they'll be able to do it. You know, when you have a schedule like they have coming up, you can circle and look ahead. But that was brutal. Uh, 
Yeah. Devon Harris probably is a legend and scores if it's not for uh, Boise State's quarterback. If that's a normal quarterback, that's oh. one of the all-time walk-offs. So, uh, Cody, uh, you kind of touched on it, but Craig said he's never been more fired up for spring practice. And it's not just that they've bolstered the roster with, you know, 30 plus new dudes. It's that the dudes coming back, it's all of a sudden everyone knows who these guys are. After last year, we had no idea what was going to happen. I'm not going to predict Wyoming's going to win the Mountain West, but, you know, Craig mentioned knocking the door down. I wrote a pretty critical column after the Arizona bowl, like seven and six is not good enough anymore. Uh, what, what are your main storylines for the spring? Oh, you know, last year it was nothing but a storyline, right? We didn't know any of these dudes. We didn't know what any of them were capable of. Um, to me, I want to see Deshaun Woods. Uh, like you mentioned, I want to see what he can do. I know sources have told me that that kid's ready to roll and he is very talented. Uh, but I think the storyline, like it's been since basically 2017, can these wide receivers make plays? Can they make catches? Can they get open? Are they making life miserable for Ja'Cory Hawkins? But we won't know that in the spring because they're not even going to be here uh, now that I think about that. <laughs> but to me, that's always the big question mark, and it, and it will continue to be until they can prove that they can do this. Um, as far as position battles, I really I'm looking forward to seeing Tyreekus Davis. He is here on campus, so I'm looking forward to seeing him this spring for sure. Uh, not that we get to see a whole hell of a lot, but uh, excited to uh, to find out how good he is. But other than that, I mean, you think about it, Ryan. Every spot's pretty much sewn up. I guess if I if I'm talking a battle on defense, uh, the nickelback spot is loaded. You know, with an embarrassment of riches here. They love Rook Brown. They love Buck Coors. They love Malik Singleton. It'll be interesting to see how how that all shakes up. I, I think Rook Brown, you know, should come in as the number one. He really proved himself last year. But, um, you know, I want to see the offensive line. I want to see some of the new faces they're going to have there. Um, you know, they lost Zach Watts, obviously, and uh, Marco Machado. And I, I just want to see how they look. I think they're going to be fine. I thought Walsh was great in his fill-in time. Um, there's not a ton of storylines, to be honest with you, because those wide receivers are not, on campus yet. Uh, so I guess as always the backup quarterbacks want to see how they perform. And other than that, just want to look forward to new faces and some guys that we didn't see last year, like Sebastian Harsh, who was hurt before the season and TJ urban, who was hurt uh, first, first practice of the spring. I want to see those guys and see how they're progressing as well. Yeah. Well, uh, I think it starts around March 28th, somewhere in yep. that neighborhood uh, yep. spring game, August or sorry, April 29th or whatever that, last Saturday is. Uh, and then, as I mentioned, the portal will, will open briefly, but this team is going to remain almost completely intact. Um, do you think we'll be able to watch spring football, Cody? At all? <laughs> I always appreciate you asking Craig <laughs> Bull that kind of stuff. And then uh, I talked about it on my podcast yesterday that, uh, you know, yeah, I would love to watch a lot more, but you always scare me after what you told me Mike Shanahan said. Uh, I'd hate to have to drive over to Laramie every single day and sit out in the cold weather and watch that every day, but it would be sweet, though. I would love to see it. I just don't I don't see Craig ever doing it, but he did let us watch some third down work last year, so, uh, you know, we're not allowed to talk about it. It's still very much top secret, but uh, that was nice of him, and I, I think he's softening a bit in his old age, Ryan, but I always appreciate you asking him that stuff. Yeah, I used to watch uh, the Denver Broncos practice with Blake Olson. We were the only two media guys because the rule was 
if you want to watch, you have to watch the whole thing. And uh, Adam Schefter and everybody were getting their stories done and their scoops while we're stuck in practice without phones. So, uh, you do learn a lot more. I knew more than a lot of the other media about what was really going on and a lot more than the fans, but it came at a, at a high cost, but uh, uh, you know, Craig should open it up. All NFL training camps are open and, and they get by. So uh how did Oregon handle it? I know Michigan State had like a privacy fence and a hedge all the way around their facility, and they didn't let us watch. They let us watch stretching and once a week and have a nice day. Yeah, Oregon just opens up the first 15 minutes when they're not really doing anything so people can get their photos and take attendance, and then you're out of there. But they, they do have a couple spring practices every year open to the public, more specifically to season ticket holders and donors. Yeah. Um, so they they let us into those because those people are going to tweet anyway. So, uh, Wyoming, I mean, come on, <laughs> we're we're the two guys that are most into this, and they're are, so let us in, let us in. <laughs> All right, Cody, I really appreciate you. It's great to uh, talk Wyoming football, and uh, you know we'll get into basketball some other time. That's that's a train wreck right now. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I love talking football. I really like this class, but. As always, man, you just got to see it on paper. But I thought one thing before we go, I thought Craig Bull mentioned something yesterday that when he was a young coach in the Big Ten, ben she- or Bo Schembechler told him, if you hit on half of your class, uh, you're doing well. And I challenge any fan to go and look at Craig Bull's recruiting classes since he's been here. He has hit on well over 50%. And, uh, you know, the numbers don't lie when you turn on the TV every Sunday. And it's hard. Na- it's harder now to find a game that doesn't involve a Wyoming Cowboy football player. So, uh, that has not been the issue. Uh, he has recruited so well here. It's just, it, it's the offense and there's no dancing around it. It is the offense and it's the inability to throw the football and have any semblance of balance or any semblance of a threat. And that just hasn't happened. And if it does, uh, I think there's a lot of championships that have been left on the table, but I think Craig Bull can win a couple here before he uh, rides off into the sunset. Yep. Well said. Talent acquisition is not the problem. Uh, Cody, appreciate you. And we'll talk soon. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Ryan, man.